You are listening to Feminist Current. I'm Megan Murphy. When I started this podcast over a decade ago in 2012, few were talking about the things I wanted to talk about. Feminists who were critical of third wave feminism, of the sex industry, of attempts to frame things like objectification and pornography as empowering for women, women who wanted to focus on women's material realities, who were concerned about encroaching gender identity legislation and ideology, and who wanted to protect women's spaces, had not only been pushed out of mainstream media and conversation, but out of the modern feminist movement and the left. I wanted to provide a space for those conversations, a space for women who felt silenced, or who didn't have access to legacy media or online platforms to share their work, their activism, their views, and their realities. So I did. For over a decade, Feminist Current has been a lone voice of dissent in Canada. I've expanded my work to additional platforms, but Feminist Current remains a pivotal platform for and archive of women's work, movements, and dissenting voices. And we want to continue. But we need your help. Feminist Current has been ad-free, government grant-free, investor-free, wealthy benefactor-free, and fully independent for years. We rely solely on individual donors, so people like you, to sustain our work please consider signing up for a monthly or one-time donation by going to feministcurrent.com and clicking the Donate tab. It means the world and truly is the only thing that can keep us going. Thank you so much for supporting our work and women's speech. You may have heard that Canadians have finally begun pushing back against gender identity ideology in schools, en masse. But it's not been easy. Indeed, I spoke at the One Million March for Kids in Victoria, B.C. on September 21st, which was shut down barely after it began, the police determining it was too dangerous to continue as activists broke past barriers protecting attendees and speakers hurling themselves at the stage. Another march happened more recently, on October 21st, and this time, a woman was assaulted. Tara, who is using a pseudonym to protect her safety, attended the One Million March for Kids in Nanaimo, B.C. on October 21st and was punched by a counter-protester. I spoke with her on Wednesday, October 25th, about what happened. Tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? How did you get here to the point that we're at right now? Well, I lived in the U.S. until 2020. And I came up to Vancouver Island. Um... I was able to just uh, get away during the pandemic and make a big change in my life. I had a son. My son was with me still. And um, 
so he was able to switch schools but you know that's <clears throat> now I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know I had no idea what was going on in the schools back then you know I thought everything was just peachy and and I trusted it all so I'm kind of curious what he was exposed to in the schools now that I know more How old um is he? but anyway um well he's 19 now so um he's out at the house now so I'm an empty nester <laughs> And so are you American or are you Canadian? I have dual citizenship. Oh, okay. I do too. And I quite enjoy it. <laughs> um, so, you know, how did you learn about what was going on in BC schools? Um, how did you hear about Soji? Well, it started with going down the rabbit hole, uh, learning about what's happening with gender identity ideology. Um, I was just in the dark until very recently. And so um, it's been a really fast uh, experience of, um, I, I mean, I feel ravenous for the information because it's just so wild and hard to assimilate. I kind of have to keep with it until I'm, I don't even know, like it, I'm still astounded by it It and, and shocked by it. You know, it's really just been a couple months. So, um, <laughs> I basically just, just discovered it online. You know, I just finally, the algorithm got me there. It was, it's weird. It was, it was a, a um, an interview with Buck Angel was the first thing I saw. Hmm. And then, and then, you know, from there, then I started learning about all the, the connected issues in, in even into queer theory and, um, critical race theory, you know, mm -hmm. I really didn't see it. I did not see this cult and now <laughs> I can't unsee it. Right. I think that's what we hear a lot from people like you who, um, especially parents, um, BC parents, you know, I connected recently to a lot of people over on Vancouver Island when I went over there to do some events. Um, mm -hmm. and people are really upset about Soji. Parents are really upset to discover what their kids are being exposed to in school. And I think the reality is that Canadians really had no idea what was going on to what was going on um, until very recently. And then, of course, as you say, once you see it, you can't unsee it and you realize how how vast it is and how big of an issue this is, how it's impacting the extent to which it's impacting the younger generations in particular, women and girls, of course. What was it that concerned you about Soji and, and what you learned about what was happening in schools, what kids are being taught? Oh, a lot, <laughs> a lot. I mean, I've seen the, um, the readings, you know, the materials that are in the libraries being read and, and the way that the, the way that the school board treats the parents, shuts them down, walks out when parents are trying to, to question them. It's very creepy. And, and, you know, this, this rule, this was probably the thing that really just got me out there was the rule that sort of their default position is to keep things secret from parents and to, to not tell parents if their 
children are, you know, changing pronouns and, and all of these things, like these cult rituals, you know. Um, it's so disrespectful to parents and so dangerously totalitarian and authoritarian. I mean, it's it's pretty horrifying. And taking taking kids away from parents, and you know, I've been now I've been following a lot of stories, and it's happening everywhere. You know that all, it all sort of echoes one another in the different areas. So you know, I can see some of the things that are happening in family courts in the U.S. Children being taken away, children being given to the affirming so-called parent, and taken away from the other one. You know, that what it's doing to families is just is is just devastating. When did you first start speaking out about this? Was this so you you attended the second One Million March for Kids um, last weekend, and was that sort of your first foray into activism around challenging gender identity ideology? Well, I actually went to the other one, the last one. Um, I went to Victoria, and. Wow. (laughs) I I got to to feel that energy, you know, that that aggressive, uh, ritualistic kind of energy that it's weird vibe that they've got and that and they they have in the group and that nonstop full on aggression. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this is interesting because I hadn't realized that you attended that first uh, one million yeah, March for kids there, in Victoria but, because yeah. I was there and I spoke and my talk was shut down of course halfway through and um, it was quite scary because what happened was I mean I was I was quite scared to attend just in general I mean I'm I'm afraid honestly at all of the events I do because there's always threats and aggression and sometimes violence from the the protesters but this is outside so you feel a lot more vulnerable and I didn't know how well prepared the RCMP in Victoria would be and it turned out that they were not prepared at all and you know there were so many protesters and the cops had committed to keeping them at bay and maintaining a protected area for attendees of the one million march for kids and they didn't do that at all they didn't even try to do that they were not um, guarding the perimeter and so they let the protesters advance and take over the the area that was meant to be protected and Mm -hmm. push past the barrier that existed to protect the speakers and started attacking the stage and attempting to attack those who were speaking so yeah I, i'm you know i'm sort of explaining for for listeners i know that you know what happened but I missed, um yeah, I so, missed that part. oh okay I, yeah I so that. serena was the serena spoke and maria maria introduced the event serena spoke i was the next speaker and i got you know not even halfway through my talk and the cops shut down the whole thing and demanded the mics be cut because the the protesters were throwing themselves at the stage and and one of them actually hit one of the the cops and anyway so at what point did you get there when i got there i was like an hour or i was quite late so um people were on the lawn and it was 
masses of people with this curving kind of line of cops, cops facing in different directions, you know, one line of cops by each group and and then this little gap in the middle and then just just like this energy kind of crackling away like with this crowd like very weird very weird I guess there was like chanting going on and yelling and you know some of them would would engage directly and and yell at people and some of them were walking around trying to talk but and the cops were still around at that point. So I, I left. They, the cops made me leave, and I was escorted out because it, they said it was too dangerous. And I, I think it was too dangerous at that point because we were so outnumbered. Um, oh. But when you were there, you know, were, were the cops still there? Did you feel safe? Did you feel afraid? Yeah. Well, okay, so, so the cops were, like, fencing in the people. Right. So there was a line of caught two lines of cops. And and one line was fencing in one group and, and the other line of cops was fencing in the other group. And then in between was this small patch of grass. <laughs> Dude, does that make sense? Like, I know it's weird. It was very weird to experience. Like, I'd never been at anything like this. Mm-hmm. That was just it just 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 a mob of of like writhing aggression you know yeah i know and so and so after you attended that event i wonder did you feel what did you feel did you feel inspired to do more or did you i mean what what did that what did attending that event inspire for you um well i met a few folks and um it I, it just felt like the beginning to me, you know, um, I'm, I'm pretty used to getting out there and, you know, joining in. I'm, I'm a a really community minded person and I've done a lot of activism in the past. So, and, and the, the passion that I feel around this is just, um, there's no way I couldn't do something. I have to express it. I have to process this feeling and and uh, um the effort to assimilate this bizarre information you know it's just like one of those things that changes the way you see the world honestly mm-hmm. yeah um okay so let's talk about what happened on the weekend um you know you you contacted me um you told me you'd been assaulted uh you sent me photos and it's weird because, you know, this is what I expect to happen at events. And I mean, this is also why I always take so many precautions with security and people um, often don't believe me or they think I'm being high maintenance or paranoid. Like people really don't know what and who they're dealing with until they experience these events and these specific protesters, the kinds of protesters who show up at events dealing with gender identity ideology, women's rights, women's spaces, um, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's happened numerous times. Like I think at, at Victoria, the organizers were not prepared for what we we encountered. And, and I was, I think, you know, mm-hmm. the one who was sort of most concerned and like, are we ready? Do we have this? And, you know, people learn really quickly, but you, yeah, you I, experienced I this know. firsthand. So tell me, tell me what happened from the beginning. Um, 
when you when you went to this event, which was in Nanaimo, not in Victoria this time. That's right. Yeah, it was in Nanaimo. And um, it, it was all very small because um, there just was a bit of confusion with the publicity and, and a few things in the area getting canceled, like Victoria didn't happen. And so um, I just I went over there on my own. I was just going to see what was going on. I brought my sign that I had um, from the march. And um, there was um, when I, I found the city hall and uh, there were probably about I think about 40 or so of them <laughs> with their, you know, pastel signs and rainbows and stuff. Um, and they were situated on the sidewalk in front of city hall. And then on the other side of the street across from city hall and across from them were just, uh, just a few people. When I first showed up, hardly anyone was really there. And it was pretty early. Um, and then people started to arrive, but, um, most people were kind of like me, you know, just asking around what's the plan and meeting one another, getting each other's information and stuff like that. Um, so, and it was still a really pretty small group, a lot of grandmothers. I met a few mothers and grandmothers and, um, it was nice. It was really good. That brief connection <laughs> didn't get to see them again because of what happened, but, um, but I decided I was going to go get my sign. Um, okay, so next to the street, there was one woman on our side that was standing with a sign that said, let kids be kids. And she was the only one that was standing out there with a sign. So I thought, you know, I'll go get my sign and I'll stand next to her. Um, there also one of uh, one of the people from their side had come over a large man flamboyantly attired and uh, he had a big huge flag and was positioning himself downstream from the sign so he could block the view and all that kind of stuff so um so i got my sign and i was standing there with her but you know it wasn't that fun being blocked and then here comes someone else, this big guy, all dressed in black with long stick and a sign on the end. And he walks right over towards us with his sign out and puts it in front of us, you know, puts it in front of our signs and puts it in front of our face. And I just, it, it was, it was, I was, I, I was already getting quite, you know, um, fearful at that point you know he, this was a really large guy and the other one with the flag was big too mm -hmm. and they were really focused directly on us and, and on me you know and I just thought okay I'm gonna make a retreat here and I walked back onto the sidewalk and then I was walking down through the crowd and just feeling agitated I tried to stop and talk to people but you know my heart was beating, and so I just went down to the edge of the crowd and stood down by the street on my own, just try to get my own space down there. But here comes this guy again, walking towards me, doing the same, the same move, sticking his sign out, putting it, you know, in front of me, putting it in my face, and I said, 
oh no, you're not doing that to me. I've seen the videos and I grabbed his sign and I pulled it down. And in that same motion, in that instant, like a switch flip, his fist came at me and decked me. And I went flying to the sidewalk. I was standing out by the cars and I landed on the sidewalk. Jesus. I went flying. I landed sideways, you know, half on the sidewalk. Wow. And I just lay there. You know, everyone around me, <laughs> I I lay there for a second and just breathed. And then I looked up and, and, and there were these older women and they were so concerned about me and like trying to tell me, oh, get up. Can, how are you? Can you? And I'm like, oh, do something, you know, like I wanted, I knew that people should be like taking video and calling, you know, the police or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, ah, do something, you know. Don't worry about me. I'm fine, you know. But um, there was there were people there that went in, that went into action and were able to um, point out, you know, the assailant, and he was immediately apprehended. From what I heard, he admitted immediately. But I can talk about so that more. You... That, that's more. Fun. So the there was a police presence at at the event in Nanaimo um, on the weekend. Which, I think, yeah, which... I just became aware of it at that point. Like it wasn't, I didn't really see them around before that, but but they showed up right away when that happened. Did you see when they apprehended this this man? Do you know his name, by the way? Did you ever find out who he was? I haven't got it yet. I mean, it, you know, it must be in the court. In the, I could. I got to look into all this stuff, you know, I got to try to get some CCTV footage and stuff like that. So we'll so, see. Yeah. And, and, but you, you know, we, we've all seen his photo at this point. I, I shared it on yeah. social media. It was sent to me and, and you're right. It was, it's a big man dressed in black. Um, and you, do you know anything else about him? You know, like, is he an Nanaimo resident? Where, where did this guy, you know, what's his deal? Do you know? Well, <clears throat> so all I know about him is what I heard from the officer who interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a conversation with him yesterday. So he told me that um, the guy was arrested and his charge will be forwarded, but he wasn't. Um, he was just he just walked. He was, he didn't go he even have to go down to the station, I don't think. Um and there's a um, so sorry so they they didn't arrest him no they arrested him and let him go they arrested him at the scene and then let him go at the scene exactly huh so what happens yep. now sorry finished well, sorry sorry to, i'm totally interrupting no, you that's here fine. That's <laughs> but let me finish telling no, you what I'm, the cop told you um about I'm him just- yeah, I'm interested in your reaction to this because it's pretty wild. I don't know if you read. Did you read any of my writing about this phone call? Because yeah, I read part of it, but um, I sort of skimmed through it. So you you go ahead here because and and I want the listeners to to hear it from you. Yeah. Okay. So um, okay. So the and the charge will be forwarded. It's getting forwarded to the crown. The crown's going to be handling it. So I'm waiting to hear in the mail. I think from that. But he has a court date on December nineteenth. And he already admitted to everything, so I, I think it's likely he'll probably plead guilty at that court date, and that could be the end of it, you know? 
Um, so, okay. So here's what the officer told me. So, okay. So, so the officer that I spoke to got all this information from, he didn't meet the, the officer that, that interviewed me. Didn't meet the guy. He didn't even know his name. So he got all the information from the officer that interviewed the attacker. And so what he, what he told me is that it was his impression that this was really out of character for this guy. And it was not something that he would normally do. Oh, well, <laughs> seems like <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> and, and that he had no violence in his record. And, um, and so I shouldn't uh, make him into a monster. Uh -huh. He said, sometimes, sometimes victims will make their attackers into monsters and you, you know, you really shouldn't do that. He said he, he felt, um, uh, strongly about this issue. Soji, I guess, I don't know. And, um, that he felt vulnerable. Oh okay? my God. That's what he said. He felt vulnerable. And, and then he started kind of saying, well, you know, we don't have any video and, and I did talk to, you know, your witnesses, but we didn't see it happen. And, and he doesn't have anything in his past. And, you know, he's just kind of noodling around like this. And, and, and what he said is he, he got, he got all this information from, um, this other officer, Bell Humor, the one that interviewed the guy, the attacker. And, um, she's going to take it all on and she's going to be forwarded onto the crown. So she's obviously a cult member and I have no faith for any justice through this system. I mean, the, the response with the cop told you. Yeah. is ridiculous to me um i mean obviously i don't know anything about this man but it's not normal for a man to punch a woman in any context and mm -hmm. particularly not you know it's i i feel like the only i'm saying normal in quotations you know the the excuse that there would be for punching a woman, punching anyone would be self-defense, you know? This guy was not mm -hmm. under attack. Um, men shouldn't punch women ever, as far as I'm concerned. They should be able to protect themselves without having to punch them, someone, a, a woman in the face. Um, but, you know, yeah, I feel like what the cop was telling you was like, oh, well, this guy, this is totally abnormal, and he was pushed to this because he was so impassioned about this subject that he was just so upset he had to yeah. punch you in the face and knock you out. And that's the, that's the message that he's getting from the other officer, the one that, that interviewed the dude and the one that's handling the case. And there's more to it also. He told me that, that you know, they asked around and nobody there knew this guy. You know, he wasn't really a part of that whole thing. And yeah, no one knew him at all. Do you believe that? <laughs> but this officer really seemed to believe it. I'm just like, you know, uh, I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? These people lie nonstop. That's really <laughs> disturbing to me. I mean, and especially because, you know, I was. And what I was. Doesn't make anyway. Well, I <laughs> mean, and I. 
He's just a random guy. Oh, he randomly chased me down the street and punched me? Okay. Well, and I mean, I don't... Uh, yeah, and this this thing where don't turn him into monster, it's like, well, he did what he did. It doesn't, doesn't really matter yeah. as far as I'm concerned what your opinion is of this man or what, you know, his motivation was. He did what he did. He punched a stranger. He punched a strange woman, yeah. knocked her out, and there was no reason to do that. And I mean, I, w- I was disappointed with the Nanaimo cops when I was in the island. I was pretty surprised by how, you know, unwilling they were to even attempt to protect women, to protect us at any of our events, because I've dealt with the cops a lot for these kinds of events. And I've had positive experiences with them in some cases, including in Vancouver. And I was really shocked at how lax the Nanaimo RCMP were around this and so it sounds like that has continued to play out like in in this in your experience right it's well it seemed like this guy my 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 guess just based on it all is that he's not really he's not a zealot and and he's getting getting pulled along by the other people he he because we that we had a little interaction where i actually did kind of go off and i said all that stuff to him and i said well you know he's done it now and you know he showed us who he is and all those things and then i started and then i was t- trying to tell him he's indoctrinated he's 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 um, he's mixed up in something he's indoctrinated you know they say punch a turf they're violent and he's like what's a turf and then i just kind of uh went off on a long spiel and was talking about how, you know, they're aggressive and they pressure lesbians and they ruined all our women's spaces and just on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and then he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know the, the words, all the right words all the time. And I was like, you don't have to, it's okay. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know they keep changing them and it's not natural. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That was sort of our meeting point or, <laughs> So, and and tell me about the injuries you sustained. I mean, you you sent me a number of photos, and um, it it looked pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, it's a, a just a major bruise on the side of my face. I can almost kind of see the fist shape, uh, like the square shape. It started getting kind of um, bluish down by my jawline today, changing a little each day. It was just a big old shiner by my eye and blood in my eye. Um, I've been taking a lot of photos. (laughs) And I mean, I mean, that's that I, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad that it didn't crack a bone or or break a tooth or, or something like that. Yeah. 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 It could have been worse. That's true. Um, And like, how are you feeling now? Do you feel freaked out or what are you, what are you feeling about all of this? Yeah, you know, I did uh, the other day. I was going to go do a little errand, and I felt afraid to go outside. I was like, oh, my God, because I just have my little – I have a very little cave-like place I live, and I've been just just able to hide away. So I haven't had to experience too much risking myself, but I definitely did feel, like, weirdly, like, vulnerable and, like, timid, like, just going out and doing one little errand. I mean – yeah, I think it just takes time to settle, you know? Yeah, I'm really sorry this happened to you. Um, I I, th- I think I know uh, the kind of, yeah, that sort of paranoia and fear of, of being around in public, but especially after this happens. I mean, nothing that bad has even happened to me. Um, what's your 
plan for the future? I mean, do you feel sort of intimidated to, you know, if there was more, if there were more events like this, would you attend or would you feel like it's not worth it or it's too scary? I mean, I, 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 okay. I, I've been working for a long time to understand abuse, cults, like this has been an intense focus of mine over the past few years on a personal level to understand these dynamics and looking around and seeing them in the world around me, like I'm already engaged with resisting these, like I, I didn't understand how to really protect myself and gotten some bad relationships. And so I really had to learn and I've really been focusing on that for years now. And so looking around and seeing the world, like, um, you know, Josh Slocum's podcast where he talks about cluster B, um, personality disorders, you know? So like, that's been, that's been, a. uh, fixation of mine, you know, to learn about that stuff. And, and I know that, you know, in order for me to like, to heal and recover from what I've been through and build myself back up, I have to have self-respect. I have to have self-sovereignty and, you know, I'm learning for like, actually sort of for the first time in my life, how to have self-respect. So I'm not going to back down. <laughs> like, this is really important for me to stand up for myself and to stand up to the bullies. I mean, they have this edge pushing into our society, this edge of violence that's causing pain where, where it, you know, intersects with our, with our pushback, you know, um, but that's inevitable. Like, it's just going to keep inching closer and tighter. Like what I've, I've learned is that this ideology will never, ever stop. It, it lives for the struggle and for the next transgression and the next boundary to break. And we can't, we can't let those boundaries go because they're our children. They're, our children are what are being attacked at this point. And just, you know, that's, I, I, I just, I can't even imagine not pushing back against that. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I feel the same way. I I feel like, especially early on, perhaps less so now, when I think people are beginning to really see and understand what's going on out there and what these activists are like and the kind of, you know, bullying and narcissism and threats and violence. Um, and, you know from these, these trans activists and, and the danger that women are in. But, you know, this has been going on for many, many years. And, and I feel like people would so often say to me and to other women, you know, they, I think they would, they would treat us like the, we were the antagonizers, you know, like, mm -hmm. okay, well maybe, you know, like it, it's coming from both sides, you know, both sides are really mean to each other and maybe you could just back off and maybe you could just be nicer. And it's like, is that coming from both sides and suggesting that women back off because men are punching them and threatening to kill them if they speak is not the right response. No, we got to be strong. We got to stand strong. And and I, I think that women, I think, you know, this is a cult and, and there's addiction, addiction um, qualities to that cultic experience. And what I think is that there, there kind of needs to be a replacement for people. And identity is something that that's been, you know, weaponized by this cult. And, and I think that building 
our identity as women and based in reality is just a whole different uh, world <laughs> to what, you know, those folks are involved there. They don't, they're not in the reality world, you know, <laughs> but I just feel, feel that, that um, it's not so much that, that identity, I think identity is essential to all of us to just sort of have a sense of who we are in the world. But as, as far as weaning away from that kind of addiction to that, that group identity that they have going on. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's maybe working on, on, um, building a women's culture. And I also think like, you know, people have been saying we need to build like parallel institutions and new institutions. And I just, like, I got the idea today, like we should make a dictionary that's like not going to be changing and, <laughs> you know, make it like the women's dictionary or the gender critical dictionary. That's like the real dictionary, just the real one, just the normal dictionary, not getting weird. <laughs> No. The material like, reality dictionary. Yeah, yeah, because they're just going to change. I think they already changed the definition of women in the dictionary. So, and, and nothing is sacred, you know. So we need to build our own, our own, you know, our own sense of of parameters and standards and and agreements and you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, hang on. We should all hang on to our old paper dictionaries too. I think I remember, you know, like this is a funny reference, I suppose, but I actually recently. I, I was listening to a, a talk that Tucker Carlson did, and one of the pieces of advice that he he gave was to not throw away any of your books, like to hang on to all of your your paper books, because you know once no. everything's digitalized, it can all be just changed and destroyed, and one day you know we're at war with Eurasia, and the next day we've we've never been at war with Eurasia, and a man is a woman, and and two plus two equals mm -hmm. five. <laughs> Yeah, our physical world really is important. It's it's not, not to be devalued. I mean, yeah, it's it's our our surroundings and our books and our comfy spots and seeing people face to face yeah. and getting together with women face to face and people in this people with this awareness, right? Like I'm meeting more people around me Absolutely. that are awake. Yeah, they're awake to it, but they're afraid, you know. So. I'm going to ask them, you know, let's meet up and let's talk about it. You know? I'm, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, that that's exactly why I, I love doing in-person events is because that's what I hear from so many of the women who attend is that, you know, they're meet, they meet other women there, they feel galvanized, they start a group, they start taking action. Um, I think that's really, really important and empowering for us to be meeting in person, um, even though it's, it's really hard and it's scary and awful things happen. That was an awful thing that happened to you and I'm really sorry that it did. Um, it's really scary. Well, thank you. Thanks for, for talking about it. It's good for me to process it and, and let people know what's going on. You know, I really want to expose the violence. Yeah, for sure. Well, you have, and you've been brave in, in going public with that as well. So I really appreciate you doing that. And thank you for doing that because I, I know how scary that can be on top of the actual physical violence to, to go public with it makes you a target in, in other ways as well sometimes. But I, I yeah. hope that you found a good community over there. I, I do. Yeah. I have good folks for yeah. sure. So yeah. Th thank you so much for talking with me about this. I really appreciate you getting me, getting in contact with me about what happened and, and, and out outlining it for everyone. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, I, ho I hope to see you on the Island one day. I hope to be back soon to do more events and, and, 
um yeah i'll go yeah i i was at the other one too the um the first um panel speak uh the speakers in um ladysmith i think it was oh you were okay great i'm sorry i have an awful memory (laughs) no no i don't expect you to remember but um yeah that was interesting because they came inside (laughs) yeah yeah that was an interesting event i'm glad with how it went but yeah it was I was also glad we had our security. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Th- thanks again for this. Um, um, and yeah, I hope that you'll keep us updated about everything once the, the court date happens. I will. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, um, I'll keep you in the loop for sure. Great. Okay. It was Thank good to talk so to you. Talk to you. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for all your work. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm Megan Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Current. You can find us online at feministcurrent.com, tweet at us at Feminist Current, or send us an email at info at feministcurrent.com. We are hosted by Libsyn, and you can subscribe to the Feminist Current podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. You can even give us five stars and a review on iTunes. Feminist Current is produced and hosted by myself, Megan Murphy. We have been ad-free, sponsorship-free, wealthy investor-free, and fully independent since 2012. If you enjoyed this podcast, and if you value independent women's media, by women, for women, no compromises, please consider making a donation to support our work. Just visit feministcurrent.com and click the donate button.